This is Extended Cut, a podcast about movies, hosted by the famous Katie Linhart and the infamous Jake Fielder, Ooh. with your guest star, me, Cassie. <laughs> that was a great intro. Me and Katie are so bad at introducing these, we decided, why did I grab the mic? <laughs> he, grabbed he, like, he like grabbed it. This is an ASMR podcast, thank no. you for joining us. Okay, but in all reality, welcome back to Extended Cut. Cast did a great job of introducing because none of us could get it right. Um, this is our 23rd episode. Um, we are excited. <laughs> we are excited to welcome back Cass to the podcast. She was a guest host um, on the Thor Ragnarok and Justice League episode. So she's back to talk all things Infinity War. Yeah, this will be a pretty superhero-centric podcast because we will have the results of the Elite Eight in the One Shining Superhero bracket and a preview of the Final Four and a pretty uh, in-depth review of Infinity War and that's it that I can think of. I don't think there's anything else on the podcast. Cass may try to fit in some ASMR, which I do not agree with. It's really good, guys. You no one it. can hear you. <laughs> it's not picking up. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on into our one shining superhero bracket. Um, I think in general, these were tough decisions for most people um, because we are down to the eight best superhero movies of all time. So makes sense. Um, but I was a little surprised by the results. What were your thoughts, Kate? I was a little bit surprised, but I... I don't know. I think the movies that are there deserve to be there. And I think the movies they were facing, like, fought hard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, nothing really landslide one over anything else, I don't think. No. Um, so the first matchup was one seed Dark Knight versus two seed Avengers. The Dark Knight won 60% to 40%, as it should have. What do you think, bud? I, I love the Avengers. I love the first Avengers. It makes me unbelievably happy but i'm surprised that it was that close uh all these are pretty close i think people in general like if they're looking for a fun superhero movie they just bring up the avengers i also don't think people have rewatched the avengers lately and aren't analyzing it critically like they probably should see i did the bracket wrong the first time y'all put it out i don't know if your listeners know that but because jake put these clever little titles like best like songs and so i was voting based off the title which is wrong which is wrong that's not how a bracket works i said superhero movie involving a musical ensemble matchup i didn't say pick the better no 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 no. at first your titles were a lot more clever than that don't you dare google it i'm pulling it up Um. in the background uh he just coughed on me (laughs) To avoid the mic, he coughed in Katie's face, which I think is a big tell. It was like Batman versus Two-Face matchup. Marvel team-up sequel matchup. Are you on your first one? Yeah. They were more fun than that. (laughs) Um, He's rewriting history, folks. (laughs) Moving down, we had one-seed Spider-Man 2 taking on three-seed Batman Begins. Batman Begins won 64% to 36%. So, really quick, before we get into this next one... How did we all vote Dark Knight versus Avengers? We all voted Dark Knight, correct? You okay. know me. Yeah. Okay. So Spider-Man 2 versus Batman Begins. What did we all vote? I voted Begins. I voted Spider-Man 2. I wanted, I wanted to vote Begins for Katie Holmes alone, 
but I remember listening on the pod and y'all said that you were going to watch Spider-Man 2 and that you both thought you were swinging that way. I was initially, and then I thought about it. I was like, Spider-Man 2 has its appeal, but it has very noticeable flaws, whereas Batman Begins is an almost flawless movie, in my opinion. See, and I went Spider-Man 2 over Batman Begins based on the rest of the bracket. So, like, if we're going to have a Dark Knight movie in the final four, why not just have the Dark Knight, which is, I mean, it could be a standalone. Like, I, I, we've had this conversation before. I think casual moviegoers forget that it's a trilogy. You know what I mean? When they think of the Dark Knight. I'm with you. That's fair. I mean, by incinerator logic, I can see it. I just felt like Batman Begins, like everything that Spider-Man 2 did well, it either got trumped by Batman Begins, like in terms of having a good villain, Batman Begins had better villains. In terms of having a protagonist that was like fun to cheer for, Batman Begins had a better protagonist. And I think Spider-Man 2 particularly did better was that it was a little more true to its roots. But Batman Begins never set out to be close to its roots. It set out to be a grounded superhero movie. And it was better at being a grounded superhero movie than Spider-Man 2 was at being a comic book movie. Sure. So that sets up the first Final Four matchup. One seed, The Dark Knight, versus three seed, Batman Begins. But who you got? I mean, obviously. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's the it's um, two very similar movies. Just one was better than the other. Um, moving down to one where... One is iconic. Yeah. One is iconic. One like could have been up for Best Picture. In fact, I think most people that year thought it was a snub that it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. It's also the only movie in this bracket that was nominated for two Oscars. Not only was it nominated for two Oscars, it won two Oscars. So, um, Next matchup was one seed Iron Man versus two seed Black Panther. Black Panther won 61% to 39% to get into the final four. So I definitely went Black Panther on this one. And I went I went Black Panther having watched Iron Man recently, like last week, week before. Iron Man is such a good movie. It's just like Black Panther is so much more superior and is so much more impactful. One thing that I couldn't get over in Iron Man watching it was like how flat Pepper is. Like she exists to be Tony's servant essentially and then his love interest. Like... She has no substance. And then going up against Black Panther, which is just, like, filled with, like, really empowered women, it's just kind of impossible for me to not vote Black Panther. That was a huge factor for me. I agree with that. I think structurally they're almost the same movie. Just Black Panther hits the beats cleaner. Yeah. Like, we're set up with a well-established personality and, and a hero who gets knocked down a couple pegs early in the movie, has to rebuild himself stronger, comes back to fight his nemesis at the end, who's a version of himself, and ends up beating him. Like, that's literally the exact same plot for both movies. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. And, like, 90% of origin stories follow those same beats. And so Black Panther hits them with, like, actual style. Iron Man does a really good polished job, but Iron Man's really fun for, like, 60% and really boring through the last act, in my opinion, when he's fighting Obadiah Stane. Okay, so I voted maybe an hour before I came over here, Um, and I voted Iron Man for nostalgic purposes only. I haven't seen... Wait, hold on. You voted an hour before you came over here? I voted today. I closed the polls at noon. Okay, well, (laughs) Katie and I have been hanging out a lot today, in all fairness. It was this morning, probably. Okay. We worked out this morning. My memory's foggy, okay? Um... (laughs) All right, well, I voted today, and I haven't watched either of them in a few, a long while. So, 
it was based on nostalgia only because it was just recently the 10 year anniversary of the first Iron Man. So I was feeling a little emo. Um, but hearing all y'all talk about it and remembering Black Panther, I wish I had voted that way, but it doesn't really matter because it won anyway. So let's pretend it got a higher percentage than it really did. <laughs> Fair I, enough. I can buy if you said Iron Man should have won because it set everything up. And I will say this. I think Tony Stark is a more compelling hero than T'Challa is. I just think T'Challa is in a better overall movie. I love T'Challa as a hero. If you want to... if. This so we'll talk about this later, but watching Infinity War actually this past weekend also helped a lot with this decision. I didn't vote until this morning too. <laughs> like I voted at the last minute. And so we'll get into this later, but thinking of those two characters in that movie um definitely showed me who I care about the most and who I want to see more of. So we'll get into that. I think Civil War um I think Civil War showed me that I like T'Challa. Well, as a hero, I respect T'Challa more than Tony. Well, I guess respect's the wrong word. But just the fact that I know I'm always about Bucky, but the fact that the <laughs> second he found out that Bucky had nothing to do with it, he was off and he was like, all right, I'm I'm not doing it. But Tony knew it wasn't really Bucky and he still wanted to, you know, beat the shit out of him so so all of bud's decisions have to do with how they relate to bucky barnes pretty much but i still do love tony very 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 much i will say this in defense of tony i think tony's response is still very human because his dad died he doesn't have anyone to blame except indirectly bucky whereas t'challa is like i don't think anyone flips that switch that quick i mean he was he was brainwashed and had no control over what he was i'm doing, not saying that bucky's no, at all no one can hear your argument bud asmring it that's why <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, um, down to our final matchup in the Elite Eight. We had one seed Logan taking on two seed Wonder Woman. Our God Killer takes down a Titan. Wonder Woman wins 56% to 44%. What do you think about that? I want everyone to know that she has a shocked face. What do you think? Look, <laughs> Wonder Woman changed many lives, including the three at this table, plus Murphy. But Logan's a better movie. Logan is a film. Logan, Wonder Woman obviously made me emotional, but Logan just goes there in every scene. It goes there. I'm very surprised it didn't win. I was discussing this with Katie. If you don't feel anything for Professor X and Logan as characters, then this movie does nothing for you because that's all it is as a character exploration. Like, it's just, it's literally just a road movie. Like, it's two characters going down a road together. If you really like the characters, then you get to enjoy their banter and stuff. But if you, if Professor X doesn't do anything for you, then watching him slowly die, and if you weren't dialed into the X-Men movies, there's no payoff. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, we've talked about this too, it's it's also a Western. Like, it kind of redefined what a superhero movie can be. And I do think that it is higher, like, quality. Like, it definitely pushed... Like Bud said, like it went there. I, that being said, voted for Wonder Woman. And I did. I did. I voted based on rewatchability. Like, I don't think I can watch Logan again. It's just so dark. And I just feel sad the whole time. I rewatched it multiple times. So, <laughs> but I just like being emo. So there we go. Um, Wonder Woman, I would watch it, you know, 10 times. I voted for Logan. I think Logan is the better overall movie. There's only one real bitch at this table. Well, <laughs> wait, no, two. Yeah. Katie's not the real bitch. Thanks. 
I voted for Logan. Logan, I thought was the better movie. But if you told me that Diana made you feel something and watching Professor X and Logan be miserable for a whole movie didn't make you feel anything but down, then I totally get that. And if we're talking about an actual superhero narrative, Wonder Woman's an actual superhero narrative and Logan is not. Logan is something is like an entirely different beast. I agree. I'd really love to hear what people think about that because that was the one. I mean, we we had said last week that's the one that's going to be tough. Yeah, I'm going to start like cracking some knuckles I, here. I view this as the first actual upset in the bracket too. Like we've had upsets like Chronicle like took down like Thor and stuff. Oh, this is a huge upset. But this is a massive upset. Yeah, I'm like upset. I thought I thought Logan was going to barely lose to Dark Knight in the final. Was my prediction. But now I would have paired. Yeah, that's what I would have said. Yep. But now instead it gets Black Panther in the final four. So Black Panther versus Wonder Woman. So we have probably the two most artfully done superhero movies of all time at the top of the bracket with and Nolan's the most best two. Needed. And then we have our two most culturally relevant superhero movies at the bottom of the bracket squaring off. Those are the ones that I was referring to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got ahead of myself. Although I will say this, Nolan, I don't think people give Nolan enough credit for rescuing a dead Batman franchise. Like they were coming off Batman and Robin and just gotten canceled. Batman and Robin is great iconic we love to joke about it but it literally almost killed the franchise wb almost had to sell the rights similar to what happened to marvel because they lost so much money on the schumacher movies so nolan took what at the time was not a home run property and rebooted it i'm talking a lot about batman when we have an actual matchup to preview black panther versus wonder woman i think i gotta go black panther here it's more by the rails than wonder woman in my opinion but it's also better overall See, my gut says Wonder Woman, but I also don't know. I kind of want to rewatch Black Panther. It's been a while. It really has. I think it's been longer since we've watched Wonder Woman. Yeah, but it's just like in my brain forever. <laughs> they, I think both of them deserve my long, hard thoughts. I'll probably have to rewatch both of them because yeah. I can't You don't decide. have to decide now. Yeah, yeah I can't decide. Yeah. Um, I do think that. Like, it's funny, I, every time we talk about this movie, I criticize Wonder Woman's third act, and yet it keeps winning. Maybe the point of this bracket is proving, like, maybe all you need is just a really good hero, and you can formulate it around enjoy. it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, gee. <laughs> all right. Um, moving I don't on. have anything else to add. I'm not going to do a formal, non-spoiler fast-forward for this, but me and Katie saw Truth or Dare, and it's really stupid and awful. Um, that's it. Um, I like the Snapchat filter faces that they do. in the. Tra- I haven't seen it, but in the trailer, they look like Snap filters. Yeah, it's very silly. I wish that... I do wish that Truth or Dare had gone, like, full silly, like goofy weird movie it it tried to be serious sort of and had some like really dark uh like character backstory yeah like really dark um but not in a fun way and so it was very eh like we saw it for free so (laughs) yeah yeah shouts movie pass um moving on to the main event um we saw infinity war a movie 10 years in the making 19 movies lead up to it and um, I think everyone at this table thought it was just absolute garbage. That barely got through it. He's a funny boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, we're going to do a quick, like, if you haven't seen Infinity War, we're going to do a quick non-spoiler hitter on it. Um, we could each do, like, 30 seconds of thought. Like, you're, like can you do an elevator T-H-O-T? pitch review? T-H-O-T? Yeah. Um, yeah, T-H-O-T. Uh <laughs> definition of thanos am i right bud yes 
Um, yeah, so really quick, my view on Infinity War. Um, definitely worth seeing. Um, it is a huge scale movie. The fact that they did it and did it so well is pretty remarkable. Um, all of your faves are in it and they all have a pretty decent amount of screen time, which it was something that Jake and I were worried about, um, a few months ago when we had kind of talked about Infinity War and how it was even possible for them to do this. Um, there are some definite shockers throughout the movie, um, I a thousand percent recommend staying away from any kind of spoiler article, anything, or else you could be like Jake and find out the entire plot of the movie like three days before it came out. Uh, that sucked. So definitely stay away from that. And the last part of this podcast, it's going to be time stamped. So if you have not seen it yet, don't listen to the back half. But um, my thoughts on it, I really did enjoy it. I wasn't expecting a lot of things that happen, and I feel like in the Marvel movies, it's kind of easy to predict and easy to expect what's going to happen. A lot of different things could happen from here. So this is definitely a, I mean, it lives up to the hype. It lives up to its name, Infinity War. It's kind of this huge war that's happening in the universe, everywhere in the universe, and all of our heroes are involved in some capacity. So um, that was a really shitty review no that was not spoilers she's wonderful that folks. was so shitty leave her five stars down below <laughs> it was Thank so you. bad i'm gonna cheat and read my letterbox review oh my god that's <laughs> not fair at all I that's breakup worthy. my my letterbox review um this movie had moments of breathless You're action not gonna plug yourself? but buckled under the weight of its own magnitude on more than one occasion and while it was a thoroughly good time at the movies the ending felt much more cheap and gimmicky than the revolutionary change marvel is billing it as that's my general review. That's not fair that you were allowed to prep because I just had to fucking wing it. It was terrible. But go. I mean, my words won't be as big as Jake's. Um, I... So when I was on Twitter reading, like, spoiler-free reviews, everyone was just pretty much like, what did I just... Like, every review I saw, it was, like, none I'd ever seen. Like, it gave me no idea of what I was going into. It was just like that scene. Yeah. <laughs> or it was just like, you know, it was like, it makes me really happy and then really sad within the span of like five minutes. And it really does. Um, it throws you for a loop over and over again. It is an incredible movie that I'm very surprised anyone could pull off, but they really did. Um, I'm really mad at it, but also really happy at it. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly mad. And I don't, think the ending was as cheap as jake might think it is don't just throw this at me katie thinks it's cheap too i I do it does make me mad i wouldn't say i feel like cheap is a really harsh word it does make me mad um but spoiler free review is go watch it it will make you feel so many things and it's well worth it i agree with that i will say too um this is something that (laughs) I had a little note about, which is required viewing, question mark. So technically, this movie is 19 films in the making, 10 years in the making, which Cass had mentioned earlier, starting with Iron Man. Um, There's a lot of required viewing for this movie. If you haven't had time to go see all of these films... There's no point in seeing it. Okay, that was negative. I recommend, if you're going to watch anything before this, I recommend watching Thor Ragnarok. A, because it's super enjoyable and different. 
B, it ties directly into Infinity War. So if you get that story and you sort of understand what Doctor Strange's thing is, you should be good to go. You don't have to watch the Doctor Strange movie. It Like, don't waste your time. But just Google, like... Most overrated. Yeah. Just Google, like, why does Doctor Strange matter? And, like, you'll be good to go. Also, I would say watch the first Avengers just because that's where the whole shit with Thanos kind of began. And the second Avengers because that's where the Mind Stone got put into Vision. Okay, so actually don't listen to anything I just said. Watch <laughs> all of them. Watch all 19. And also watch okay, Captain America 1 because that's where Red Skull first shows up and that's where we see our first glimpse of Aether. And also watch Captain America 2. The point I'm trying to make here is is you pretty much have to watch everyone because literally every Infinity Stone shows up in every movie and they explain it a little piece by piece. I think if you haven't seen very many of these movies, it's a very tough follow. I'm going to go ahead and just... Do the little disclaimer. We are going to be doing spoilers now for Infinity War. So if you have not seen the movie, I recommend turning off the podcast and then turning it right back on after you've seen it. Um, again, spoilers starting now. Yeah. So general plot of the movie, um, and I'm trying to get through this in as condensed and a logical way as possible. Um, we open the movie with... Thor's ship at the end of Ragnarok full of the Asgardian refugees getting attacked by Thanos. It gets blown to parts after Thanos boards it. And then we see him kill Heimdall and Loki and take the, is it the Aether? Does he kill Loki though? Yeah. He strangles him to death. We'll talk about it. Um, he takes the Aether, right? Is that what was with them? I can't the remember. The one in the one, Tesseract? Yeah. The Tesseract. Why am I thinking Aether? He takes the Tesseract. So you're a fool. And goes on. We cut then we jump down immediately back to Earth. We see Tony Stark and Pepper having a big, long discussion about a kid that no one actually cares about. Um, and then we get thrown directly into Doctor Strange's sanctum, where the Hulk has crashed through the staircase and is warning of an attack that's coming. So Doctor Strange's first instinct is to call Tony Stark, who he's never met before for some reason. Um, and then we immediately jump back to... Where are we next? I don't even know if it makes sense to talk about it in this way. Like, it's so... It's impossible to explain. Basically, all of the Avengers are split up. So they're in, like, little groups of, like, three, four, and five. And they're each trying to accomplish something different. So, for instance, Tony, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange get put together. Mm -hmm. They're in a group. Um, Thor and the Guardians are in a group. Um, At first. At first, Yes. Um, they end up getting split up as well. Um, let's see. So Captain America, Natasha, Falcon, Falcon, Falcon. Wanda and Vision. They're all a eventually. Group. They're in Ireland. Yes. And then I think it's Scotland. It's fine. Doesn't matter. It's no, fine. it doesn't. Um, Hulk also ends up with them with that group, and so does Rhodey. Yes, and that group ends up in Wakanda. So with Black Panther and the whole crew there. So they're all kind of split up in different areas, a la The Walking Dead season four or five, whatever. Yeah. And it jumps like a lot. Like, I don't think we spend much more than 10 continuous minutes with any of the one groups no, that I, I can think of. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And I saw a really good point on Twitter that said an easier way to follow this movie is to view Thanos as the protagonist 
and you're following his story arc through the movie and him chasing the Infinity Stones and trying to accomplish his goals and view the Avengers as just ancillary characters. Because if you try to follow any of the Avengers arc, it kind of falls apart on its own, like under its own weight of trying to juggle all these characters. Whereas it's easier just to view them as short stories that are surrounding this Thanos plot. It's more like the comic Infinity Quest than it is the actual Infinity War comic in that regard. I don't like that. I honestly, like, it's a lot jumping around, but it's not like if you're paying attention, it's not that hard to follow. Because my thing is, like, I don't want to think of Thanos as a protagonist. I want to think of the Avengers as a protagonist, like, trying to defeat Thanos, which is the central goal. Yeah. Which I guess that works. I guess my problem is if you follow them and try to isolate their story arcs, it starts to buckle a lot when you think about how much happenstance is taking place. For instance, why are the Guardians passing through exact place in a galaxy where Thor happens to be? They sent a distress signal and they're following it. But they they were close enough to pick it up? I guess. Like, why in were the Guardians fairness, near a lot Asgard? of things in movies are like, well, that was convenient. See, they did send a distress signal. Okay, I forgot about that. So you're right. Um, so, I mean, if we're thinking about it, the main goal here is to get all the Infinity Stones. Right. The Infinity Stones are literally the most convenient devices. No, they're a MacGuffin. Like, they are. I mean, so some of these things, they, they're just going to work out. That's the way it is. Like, the Guardians just, yes, there's a distress signal. Yes, in the entire galaxy, they do find Thor and the Hulk. Like, yes, that happens. But also... At one point, we have access to a time stone, which can travel backward and forward in time. We have access to a reality stone, which can change reality and what you can see. I mean, we have access to all of these different things that can change the entire plot in an instant, which actually happens. So I think that some things are convenient, but at this point, we should expect it and just kind of like accept and move on suspension of disbelief like it's a superhero movie i guess my biggest problem though is they keep jumping us to places that the movie wants us to care about but no one can like can any of you and i looked this up so i do know the name but can any of you tell me the name of the planet where the reality stone is that they take care to take us to and it's supposed to be super significant because gamora found the stone on there the reality stone is with the collector no the reality or the soul stone sorry soul stone Katie was right. The reality stone is on nowhere. That's a given because we've seen it in Thanos Guardians is one. from Titan. The planet is called Vormir, where the soul stone is. And they say it like seven times in the movie because it seemed like Marvel was desperately trying to hammer home this planet matters. But it doesn't because the only mention of Vormir before this is a throwaway reference in Guardians 2. But that's what... Okay. So I'm not mad about that, though, because every... Like, this movie is basically a culmination of all of the other movies that came before it, including the after credit sequences. So everything, like, yes, maybe it's a throwaway reference, but also it has been referenced in the past. What I'm trying to say is, though, if you try to follow Gamora's story arc and why Vormir matters, it's going to be really hard to keep up and be like, where did Vormir come into play? Because I don't. Oh, yeah. But if you follow it as Thanos just chasing the stone, then it becomes really easy to not have to care about Vormir because he's just following Gamora wherever she takes him. Yeah, but I like, I mean, I want to follow their storyline. So that's actually, that's an interesting point. So we get checked into each of these characters throughout the movie. You know, they all show up at like varying points. Um, And we kind of just get thrown into it, not really knowing what they've been doing. Yeah. You know, like we know Thor. So we come right off of Ragnarok. We know Thor and the Hulk, you know, 
just got attacked. Because they say it's been, what, two years? Since Ragnarok? Since Civil War. Oh. Good question. Did it's I make that to be? The timeline's pretty murky. Was it two years or two months? I don't remember. But it's been some time since all the Avengers have been together. They briefly, re- I can't remember what was said. They briefly referenced the passage of time when Vision and Wanda are talking because they talk about stealing time away together. Like they literally, like I know they, com- but I know they right out say it. I think it's just months though, is how I take okay. it. Okay. Regardless. Because, yes, we have to think, too. I mean, one of the main points is, is in this movie is that Iron Man will not contact Steve, Captain America, because of Civil War. Because they're, like, still kind of in a fight. Like, that's a main point in the very beginning of the movie is that he won't call Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, we're still reeling from those effects. Um, and then Wanda and Vision are... Were, were they together in Civil War, bud? No. Or they were together... They in hinted at it. Age of Ultron, though, is the first mention, Correct. No, it's Civil War. Civil Civil War. She's introduced in Age of Ultron. Yeah, oh, Civil War. Yes. It's the post credits of Age of Ultron where she is introduced as an Avenger, and then in Civil War she is an Avenger, and so they actually have time to interact. Yeah, when so, she's locked up in her weird house. What do we think about Vision and Wanda? I don't hate it. Yeah. I think it was rushed, though. I think they ran out of real estate in the movies to establish an actual relationship. So the movie had to tell us that they've been together between these movies instead of showing any actual relationship development between the two. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, for Vision being such an integral part of the movie, you'd think there would be a little bit more. However, with the amount of time they had to give to each character, like... They got plenty. Yeah, and that's what you struggle with is I've already critiqued the movie for requiring 19 movies to watch. The flip side of that, and I realize this is hypocritical, is it feels like 19 movies wasn't enough in some spaces in this movie. Like, Which is insane. <laughs> yeah, like the part of the problem is, is we like and enjoy these characters so much and want to know them personally that it doesn't become enough when we just take at face value what they're saying as part of their personality. In the case of Wanda and Vision's love, we don't actually know that they love each other. In fact, the closest hint we got was Vision letting her go in Civil War. That's literally the only affection I can recall between the two. I mean, bro, they're flirty as hell. That's not a relationship, though. I know, I'm just saying. Like, they go from that to being willing to die for each other. I definitely... I think that's At this of... point, the Avengers would... I was about to say, I think that's less of them having a romantic relationship and more being an Avenger. You are willing to die for the fucking cause. Wanda was the only one willing to die specifically for Vision. Well, because Wanda dives into things. They all flew him to Wakanda. They were all like, we have to save Vision. It wasn't just for her. Okay, we can agree to disagree. I think it's a little forced. No, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's not forced. I am saying, yes, maybe it's rushed. But given that each character, there were like... 30 characters in this movie and they all basically had the same amount of screen time that's not too bad i I don't think i thought we didn't get enough cap i don't think we got enough cap and bucky seemed to only have one-liners same with falcon forbid same with falcon same with shuri like i in all fairness she was like working on vision the whole time so she did have like a very important part but i mean you don't have a lot of time like we said so i agree is there any character? So I thought there was a lot of Hulk, or I guess not Hulk, a lot of Bruce mm-hmm. Banner, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, there's obviously a lot of Iron Man. I thought we got a lot of, like a good amount of Peter. I wanted more Peter though. 
I wanted more Peter. I wanted more Cap. I thought we got a lot of Thor, and I was not mad about it. Oh, I'm fine with that. I think Chris Hemsworth did amazing. I love the character. I've always Thor's my first fave. Y'all know, but I just I adore his character. I thought he not carried the movie, but you know carried the movie. He did well. He did because this like the funniest scenes were with Thor, mm-hmm. and then the most badass scenes were with Thor. Like when he comes in at the very end with his freaking lightning and his axe. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the coolest scenes in the whole movie. And yeah. then he's also like comic relief but he's also like i lost my entire family i would do anything to save the world but did like, he well we don't know we'll, we'll get there we'll get there oh my god so did you agree about thor yeah i think thor has really come into his own i think that they have found the right mix for thor um and i think they realize like they wanted to do such a comic accurate thor so early and i think they realize it just doesn't work on screen no, it doesn't. like some characters just don't work on screen and comic accurate thor doesn't and i think they found the right balance um, with what they're wanting to do. So, yeah, I think Thor was definitely the show stealer here. I think I wanted more Peter Parker. I think that Tom Holland as Spider-Man is a wonderful anchor for the Avengers going forward. And I think that's probably where we're headed. Wait, don't go there yet. No, I'm not going to say anything beyond that. I just think in beyond the saga of the Avengers when we move on to whatever the next one is, I think that they would be smart to kind of form their universe around him. So now that we talked about our heroes what do we think of Thanos and his children? Children? The black children? Black black hand? The black order. Whatever they're called. Jake kept saying black hand. That was my phone. It's fine. <laughs> the black order? Yeah, black order. So it's more like, they're not like Thanos. They, if they're called Thanos' children, it's only in the way that we call all religious like followers ch- children. Who was the dude who did this? Obsidian Black. Obsidian Black was everything. Is that Squidward? That's Squidward. I loved him. I mean, I hated all of them, but I I hated him the most. You only love him because of the Twitter movement. No. It's the only reason why you love him. I, he was the best of the... The Black Order. The Black Order. I was going to say Black Hand again. Wrong, wrong Marvel thing. But what do we think about... So, first of all, I thought Thanos looked awesome. Like, he looked really, really convincing. He looked good, but I had areas where I felt very unsettled by how human he would look at times. Like, you could see Josh Brolin, and it made me feel really uncomfortable for some reason. I liked that. What effect is that called again? The Uncanny Valley. Jake's been on Tumblr before. (laughs) Now, on the other hand, um, some of his children, or the Black Order, looked super video game. Video game character. Yeah. And I didn't really understand why why he had a need for them. Because like, he can't be everywhere at once. Yes, he can. He can teleport. No, I'm saying for movie purposes, at once. he can't be everywhere at once. Okay, my my real thing is, so he sends him to New York to attack Doctor Strange, right? With the time stone. Why wouldn't he do that himself? Like, this is like a religious pilgrimage. It seems very bizarre that he would entrust anyone else to get these stones. Like, this is his one purpose in life is to collect the stones. Why on earth would he ask someone else to do that? I don't remember. Where is he at at this point? I'm pretty okay. He's conveniently out of the picture. But no, no Thor says that he's going. He's going to nowhere. He's going to nowhere, and so Thor is going to the other, the planet with the dead star. Right, but we know he's going to nowhere. But we know he can teleport wherever he wants, so that ta- that shouldn't take time. I think it's probably um the movie needed time for the characters to get used to fighting and they didn't want tony stark to immediate meet 
immediately meet Thanos within five minutes of the movie. Which is fair. I would have just, like, we've seen Thanos just sit in a chair on an asteroid before. I would have been fine if he was Goals. Like, yeah, I would have been fine if Thanos was just like, I'm going to go chill. I need you guys to go scout Earth. Don't send him to retrieve your Infinity Stones. That's your thing. I don't have an explanation here. I think, I mean, if you really try to, like, digest exactly where Thanos is when other characters are other places, it gets complicated. Right. Because we don't even know how long, like, technically how much time spans over the course of this movie. Like, is it days, weeks? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, in that case, this is something that Jake had brought up right after we saw it. In that case, like... Are we saying that Thanos' ultimate goal to get all the Infinity Stones happened in, like, two days? Yeah, his life goal took, like, an afternoon to accomplish. Yeah, so I think... That rules for him. I think that we... That's not something that they could have accomplished in the best way possible. Like, they did enough, you know? Yeah, which is... I mean, it's... We've talked about this plot hole. Like, anytime you introduce time travel, you're getting real screwy with all aspects of time in your movie. And the fact that they introduced the time stone so early with Doctor Strange. Like, I think it was something that they were just kind of like, you're just going to have to deal with a weird, like, perception of time through this movie. No, yeah, for sure. And, like, that's just going to happen. I mean, same with reality. Like, there are some scenes, like, I totally fucking fell for the reality stone scenes. I was like, oh, my God, Gamora killed him. That was so fast. Like, you know, you can change what anyone sees. Um, So, but I did think that he had a realistic motivation this is something we had kind of talked about too is like a lot of the time these big marvel movies don't have good villains like baron zemo if you think about civil war for two seconds his plot makes no sense like all the things that had to go right for him to accomplish anything yeah Yeah. everything and ultron not a good villain and if i remember right baron zemo is literally just mad about sokovia right yeah he's blaming the avengers for this even though he he personally saw ultron Yeah. yeah. like It just doesn't make sense. And Mar- to be fair, though, Marvel's last couple of villains have really been picking up. Michael Keaton as Vulture was great. Killmonger. Killmonger was fantastic. Hela was a little flat, but she kind of, I mean, it's not She could her still fault. kill me. Yeah. She's, she was great. She just, her motivation is to destroy something. So it'll fall a little flat. But I don't know. I think Thanos is their strongest villain the more I think about it. He just has a very personal goal. You know, it yeah. doesn't, it's not like a vendetta against the Avengers or against like his daughters or anything. It's just like this is his personal goal. And it's weirdly very moral to him In from his way. viewpoint. Yeah. But like every other villain they've had is just like, it's always like a vendetta against, you know, Tony Stark or whoever. And it's like this one very much isn't. It's just that the Avengers are kind of like little flies in his way. Mm-hmm. And so he has to get rid of them or stop them or, you know, whatever he has to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think he's a realistic villain. And I think for so much, I feel like when the Avengers first came out, everyone kind of gave, like, the idea of Thanos shit. And it panned out really well. Part of the their decision to rewrite Thanos' motivation for this movie was brilliant and worked out really well because Thanos, I think when people first saw Thanos at the end of the adventures, like there's no way they're going to do this because the original storyline for Thanos is he falls in love with lady death, but she's not into him at all. And so in an, Sounds effort, about right. in an effort to win her over, he's like, what if I kill half the universe? And she's like, I would be into that. Cass is like, so entranced. <laughs> How romantic. And like everyone's eyebrow went up whenever, because they were like, there's no way they're going to do this on screen. Like you can't get the casual audience to buy into this. But then they introduce 
who eventually becomes Lady Death, Hela, in Ragnarok, and everyone's like, oh, snap, they may actually do this. And I got a little nervous because I was like, I don't see this working. Then they decide to go with this religious route for Thanos. Like, this is a religious pilgrimage for him to find the stones and, like, purge the galaxy. And I think that works out super well thematically. I didn't sympathize with Thanos. I saw a bunch of people saying he was sympathetic. I didn't think he was sympathetic. No. no. But I I bought that Thanos thought he was doing the right thing. And, like, even, like, as much as we like Killmonger, I never really bought that Killmonger himself believed he was doing the right thing. Like, I, I always thought, like, Killmonger came across as more of an antagonist for antagonist's sake at times. I mean, he wanted to fight, and I don't blame him. Yeah, he had... I think he had legitimate reason to be mad. I just mean he never seemed as morally assured of himself like Thanos does. Yeah. I mean, because Thanos has a god complex. Yeah. Truly. Like, an actual... Yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, so... With this being said, this movie has overarching large stakes because if Thanos gets the stones, all the stones for the gauntlet, um, he's going to kill half the universe. So not just Earth, not just, you know, uh, Asgard, because everyone on Asgard's basically dead um, because the planet's destroyed. (gasps) I know. Spoiler. Um, But he's going to kill half the entire universe. And so those are really big stakes, just like in terms of the Marvel universe, like We've given Age of Ultron shit because it's all it's about dropping an entire country, you know, and things like this. That And this is the same reason why we praise Black Panther, because it's a very contained storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, the storyline's not contained at all. Nope. No. Um, but, I mean, when this is the movie that you've been leading up to for 10 years, I don't think it should be. Um, that being said, throughout the film, we had some legitimate deaths. Of major characters. Did we? I mean, let's run them. Let's run them through. So the first ten minutes. The first. So Heimdall's the first to die, which is so sad. Which, Idris Elba. Yeah, which I think we all knew Heimdall's time was coming. Though they had Idris Elba in a role that was not befitting of Idris Elba, and That's a fair. role that doesn't make sense now that Asgard's destroyed. Asgard doesn't need someone to watch it now that it's destroyed. So they kill a Heimdall. I think the audience collectively is like, "Sucks for Idris," but kind of shrug at it. But then five minutes later, they choke Loki to death. Supposedly. We'll you heard there. his neck snap. Here's the thing. Um, he, at one point, said the lines, we have a Hulk. And that is where Bud started crying. <laughs> um, that's the first time she started crying in the movie. Supposedly, he gets choked by Thanos because he like tries to be sneaky because he's sneaky and tries to stab him in the neck. When he can literally pretend to be somewhere and not actually be there. So, I've read a lot of fan theories, guys. And I know it's sad. (laughs) But I'm holding on to the very, very sad hope that he could still be alive. Even though he's probably not. So, let's talk about this. So, Idris Idris is definitely out. Like, Idris is out. That's a dead, that's a dead, dead. The thing with Loki and Tom Hiddleston is he has technically one more film in his contract. Correct. Avengers 4, which scenes have leaked of them um, filming what I'm everyone's assuming is a flashback scene in Avengers when he's like in his Loki garb from that movie. So I'm assuming that's. So it's going to be a flashback and not like a he's back. He's yeah. Alive. Yes. Which if it's just a flashback and I get Avengers era Loki, I I can live with that. I can live with that. I think he's dead. Like permanently. Jake says, shut up, bud. He's ripping off the band-aid. I think think he's permanently dead, and I think it's because, A, we got a full Loki 
character arc that didn't break any of the conventions of Loki in the Thor series. Loki never needed to become an actual hero. That's not who he is. It wouldn't make sense. But they redeemed him as Thor's brother, and that's as far as you can take the character of Loki. If they want this movie to not come across as a total waste of time... If you don't want to disappoint Jake, Loki will stay dead. (laughs) They have to have actual characters stay dead, which we will get to, and I think Loki is a candidate for a character that's beloved enough, but also accessible enough to kill that you can make it feel like it has weight. My opinion, I think they're going to bring him back for that flashback. I think that... Which we'll get to where we think this franchise is going to go... But I think they will have an appearance of Loki. But that doesn't mean that he is not going to stay dead. I think that they will have him in a flashback, but it will not change what ends up happening to him. Does that make sense? Yes. The logical yeah. part of me agrees with Katie and Jake. Yeah. Um, the next death we saw on screen was Gamora. Um, and kind of the probably the biggest twist of the movie, Thanos and his pursuit for the reality stone. Um, ends up being taken to Vormir, the planet I already complained about. Um, and Gamora is talking some mad shit on top of the mountain about she really is. about how Thanos doesn't love anyone, and the Red Skull, who apparently is one of the like the immortals now. Most people that I follow think it's entropy. Um, and Red Skull is the villain from First Captain America. In case you're like me and we're like, what the fuck is this? It's what Jake was talking about, where he almost spoiled it it in our non-spoiler review but then he like dialed back you couldn't see his face but he was like oh shit (laughs) Um, so she's basically talking mad shit that because she knows that you had to sacrifice something you love in order to access the reality zone she doesn't think he loves anything thanos actually cries and says i do love one thing and basically says like the quest for the stones is more important to him than his own personal desires and so he kills gamora by throwing her over a a cliff. cliff And, and she lands on some rocks. And it shows her dead, and he does get the reality stone. So confirmed that Gamora did die. Like, there's no cop-out on this scene. Like, Loki, there could be, like, he could be pretending to be dead if you wanted to do a really cheap loophole. Like, yeah. Gamora's dead dead. Well, and I, I was actually about to say, I think they're both dead dead because they made, I mean, the Russo brothers made a point of showing their dead bodies, like, yeah, a they few did. times. Yeah, which... And Gamora, like, I think a lot of people, myself included, thought she was probably coming to an end because she just also signed a five-picture deal with James Cameron to do her Avatar movies. And there's no way... Unnecessary. They're not unnecessary. They're going to be great. Um, It's just hard to squeeze those two in. It's the reason why, like, the core Avengers haven't done much else other than Avengers. Like, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and Chris Hemsworth have struggled to play important big roles. Like, if they have shown up, it's been in smaller roles and other stuff. And I think Gamora ran into the same problem. And so the, the Russo brothers are like, Zoe Saldana is going to get the axe. That bums me out. Um, also, congrats to her. She got her star on the Walk of Fame today. Um, That's cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, it's also Palm's birthday. She Palm. plays Mantis. Um, it bums me out that a character that I really like um, is dead because, like, something that is real Contracts. life. Yeah, like, it's real life. Um, and it also bums me out because if she is really dead, then Peter just lost another person that he loves and he just got through losing like basically his dad and his yeah. mom essentially. Yeah. Again. Yeah. It, and it his was, adopted father. Yeah. It was a whole nother version of loss for him. Um, especially finding out the truth about what happened to his mom. So I don't want him to be even more emo. That is my one pullback on that though, is that's a weird character arc for Quill. Like, 
Are they just not? Are they going to have him find a new love interest? Are they going to do Guardians Three, which has been announced? Sans Gamora. Are they going to introduce? Are they going to put Nebula in the Guardians to take her place? I don't know. My reservation is storytelling wise from a Guardian standpoint. Gamora's death does leave a pretty gaping hole, even if Zoe Saldana probably can't fit into that schedule. So I don't know if they were going to bring her back. That would be the one hint I would say that she could be coming back. Did we have any other major official deaths? Oh, Vision. I was going to say. Oh, um, she. Okay, if what happens, they go back in time and they change Thanos even getting any of the stones, and that means it she won't be everything. dead. Which I'll get to that if. Just yeah, saying. I think she would be. Because so, at that point, he only has the few stones that... The power stone is what he yeah. starts with. So I still think Loki would be dead because I just think Tom's contract is just the way it is. But if all that happens, then Gamora could still be alive. Just yeah. saying. Um, and then our final death in the movie, which happens like literally only like two minutes of screen time before Thanos snaps his fingers. Um, Vision gets the Mind Stone ripped out of his forehead, which... It, they did not do a very good job of hiding that one. Like, I think everyone was predicting that one. Everyone knew. Um, I think the messed up part is that Wanda had to see him die twice. If anything, with that relationship, I don't know if it, I don't know how I feel like if it was forced or not. I almost wish it didn't happen just because I'm tired of <laughs> Wanda losing people too. I'm tired of all my characters losing people. But because they were in a relationship, it ended up, Wanda had to be the one to destroy the stone so Thanos couldn't get it. And so she had to kill someone that she cared very deeply about. And then Thanos just brought him back, stole the stone, and then killed Vision again. Yeah. So that, that was, was a just harsh. In the, in the yeah. Face. yeah, that was harsh. My general thoughts on this is is Vision is dead for good because for a couple of reasons. A, he's not that interesting. Like, I don't think anyone wants to see a Vision solo movie. He's not pushing merchandise, which Disney cares about. See, he's a massive, powerful character problem for them that they haven't really considered. Like, at the end of Age of Ultron, we see that Vision Vision literally just vaporizes one of the Ultron robots without trying. And we find out the reason he didn't do it earlier is because he's a pacifist, which is a pretty nice touch by Joss Whedon, honestly. That, like, the only reason he didn't end this war was because he was that strong. And, like, we know he's worthy of Thor's hammer. He's an immensely powerful character that they keep having to write in circles around. And I think that they realize they can't keep doing this, and it's easier to just get him out of the way. I agree. Is my general thought on him. I also think if we're talking about, like, powers that are beyond our imagination, they need to do something about Wanda. Yeah, Wanda gets nerfed. Yeah, she literally held Thanos off on her own while trying to get the stone out of Vision's head. So, like, like, if Thor is the most powerful Avenger, like, Wanda's right up there with him, and she's not a god. Yeah, no, I think they I think they forget how powerful Wanda is written as until they need to use it, which does it becomes an eye roll at points where mm-hmm. you're like, why did Wanda get her ass handed to her by Thanos' Black Order for like five minutes just so three humans could step in and fight him off for her? We haven't even gotten to Cap yet. Speaking of Cap, before we talk about the last scene in the movie, which I think is the most controversial scene and probably the part that really makes it or breaks it for most listeners... I do think it bears that we should go around and just kind of hit one kind of exemplary thing about the movie that we may not have talked about yet in our discussion that was mainly revolving around the characters and the plot. So, Cass? Oh, I can go? Um, I just one. Um, my favorite thing about the movie was the character interactions because we have about 8 million characters who have never met each other. Um, 
So I liked Tony and Doctor Strange. They weren't buddies at first, and now they are buddies. Um, let's see. Cap and Groot at the end. Um, that was adorable. And he didn't say, I'm Captain America. He said, I'm Steve Rogers, which I appreciated. Um, Rocket and Bucky and Rocket wanting his arm was everything to me in the world. Um, just all the interactions. The character that stood out to me was definitely Thor. I thought he was the funniest in the whole movie. His interaction with Chris Pratt, um, Star-Lord, was just great. Like, just golden. I was cracking up. And I thought it was so funny with everything that's been happening for Thor. Like, Thor has not been having a good day. Like, his brother's dead. His sister's dead. His dad is dead. His whole planet's destroyed. Like, he's not he's not having the greatest time, but he's still the funniest character in the whole movie. And he, you really just are rooting for him. Um, the fact that he becomes the most powerful at the end, I just, I'm so about that. Um, so I'm definitely a Thor stan, which I did not even care about him at all. Um, I thought that the characters all were all written very well. They all followed their personalities. Um, no one really changed for the sake of, you know, being a part of this huge Infinity War movie. Um, and I really liked how they showcased a lot of their powers. Like, there are some really choice scenes that the different sets of Avengers who were together um, were able to use their powers in conjunction with the others. And I think those are some really standout moments in a movie that feels a little too big sometimes. So sometimes those, like, smaller battles are are just really impactful just being able to see all the Avengers working together, especially Avengers who we don't get to see a lot. Like had, like Cass had mentioned, like Dr. Strange and Iron Man had never met before this movie. So um, I think they did a lot of that really well given the scale. Yeah, I would agree with just about everything you guys said. The Russo brothers really understand these characters and they get Tony Stark and they get Spider-Man and they get Guardians. In fact, to the degree that I think the Guardians and Spider-Man have never been better in a film than they were in this movie. Um, I will also say from a screenwriting perspective, this is a very tightly written screenplay for what it could have been. Like It's not holding up like on an Oscar level, but this is a two hour and 40 minute movie that feels like it's moving at breakneck speed, but it accomplishes everything it needs to. Like, Are there flaws where it kind of buckles under its own weight and that there wasn't enough where there was too much lead up to certain points absolutely but in general like the movie gets across a storyline that wouldn't have ever been even thought about being attempted 10 years ago and they pulled it off really well so i have to give shouts to the writing team for that because i think most people in general thought that this movie had potential to fail just because of the size and scope and their ability to pull it off all starts on paper like it doesn't immediately work once you put it on screen i totally agree and we're back. If you're noticing a distinct change in sound quality, it's because our microphones failed after that last segment. So we're recording with a brand new mic to finish up this podcast. Um, so jumping right in, um, I guess now we got to talk about probably the most pressing thing and probably the part that uh, def- ended up defining the movie, the ending. Um, essentially what happens is Thanos does complete the gauntlet. He snaps his fingers and kills half the life in the universe. Um the first shot we see is all the characters kind of staggered, and then all of a sudden Bucky, of all characters, says Steve, and immediately turns into dust. Bucky disintegrates. <laughs> um, um, yeah. It's not ideal. Yeah. Um, and then we get some tough shots of, you know, Black Panther, for instance, 
telling Okoye that this is not a good place to die, and then he turns to dust, and then we have a heartbreaking scene where Peter doesn't want to die, but dies in Tony's arms. Like, it's a rough scene. Oh. Um, I don't know. In general, I'll let you guys go first. I have some thoughts on it, but I feel like we need some others. Cass? Well, Groot also disintegrates, leaving Rocket to be the only guardian left right now. Um, which isn't fair to him at all. Which, it was interesting to me that the Guardians also disappeared whenever Thanos was on Earth doing it. So you'd think his intent would be to kill half of the people on Earth, like what he did with all the other planets he was on. But, um, so I'm curious as to why they disappeared too. But, um, I was just emo as hell. (laughs) (laughs) I know... See, the thing is, like, obviously Peter Parker is not dead, so I know these characters are coming back, but, like we said before, like, this movie, like, shocks you, and I just wasn't expecting it, because Thor hits him with the god killer, so you think, like, he stopped everything, but then Thanos snaps his stupid fingers, and everyone's gone. So, it's, it's rough, and I'm more so just annoyed, because I know these characters aren't dead and gone forever, so that means in Avengers 4, there will be a great deal when they don't get any screen time. And I think that's just what annoys me the most. Yeah, I I agree. So I felt like this movie did have stakes. Like, half the population of the entire universe is at stake. And, you know, Thanos is the big bad, and he has unlimited power. Like, this, this movie has a lot of stakes. Loki dies, Gamora dies. We have some real deaths that are really emotional. Um, however, that being said, when he snaps his fingers and one of the first ones to go to die, disintegrate into sand is Black Panther, who just had like the most, one of the most successful movies of all time, not Marvel movies, movies in general, in history, one of the most successful, and they're going to make him disintegrate. Are you fucking kidding me? Peter Parker dies the like fucking beloved spider-man like this it's just infuriating like the guardians like Cass said they die there's already guardians three like jake pointed out after we watched the movie the only ones that are alive are the ones that are their contracts are either up or they're about to be up and so wait did i say that right the only yeah. ones that live okay no, the core three avengers yeah the two chris's and rdj have one movie each left on their contract, and they're the ones that Marvel left alive. Yeah, and then all the ones who you know are guaranteed several more movies, they disintegrated. So I feel like this movie is definitely... Yes, I felt like the ending was a cop-out, just saying. I thought it was cheap because I felt like we actually endured some real deaths throughout the movie, and then we come at the very end and it's like, okay, well, it was all for nothing because all of this is just going to get turned around. So what was the point of this movie? However, I also think this movie is a very very good indication of we know too much. Yeah. Because you would care and you would be upset if you didn't know all these people's contracts. Like it's very easy to find, you know, what actors well, are but- dedicated to what franchises and what else they're doing. Like, we know that Zoe Saldana is signed on for Avatar. That's fair. But what I was going to say is, is one of your big points is that you know Marvel's not killing off Black Panther already. He doesn't have a sequel announced. 
Why would you kill off your most profitable movie? I know, but I'm saying this isn't us knowing too much in that regard. But I think that a lot of it is. Specifically, I guess, but also they're not going to kill off Black Panther. But also, we know too much. Like, the whole thing is that our whole argument with Loki is that Tom Hiddleston has one more film in his contract. That's fair. So technically, he could come back. Like, if this had been, you know, like 15, 20 years ago, we probably wouldn't have this information, or at least it wouldn't be so readily available. But would then, be a lot more emo. Yeah, and then maybe these deaths would be a lot more impactful, but we already know about all of this. And so that's what makes it kind of cheap. If you don't know this information, it would have more of an emotional impact on you, I feel like. Um, but it's just like we have a time-traveling force like yeah. if you're trying to tell me they're not going to use the time zone to or some sort of time travel to make none of this happen Scott so it was him. like what was the point of sitting through the three hours you know yeah my thoughts on the ending are it was executed well i mean they tied enough emotional punch to each death to even if you know it was coming in the moment it hurt um in particular peter parker's death where he dies in tony's arms that being said, just not fair. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. It was a little rough. It was rough. Once you get past the initial emotion of it, though, I think the ending, how you interpret the ending really interprets how much you like the movie. If you buy it, like if you buy that this mattered, then you will probably liked it. And if you're a little more cynical, like I was, I think that it really hurt the movie overall in your view. Um, I, taking this heavily from The Ringer, I hadn't even thought about this. Marvel doesn't own the rights to Spider-Man. They can't even kill him off even if they wanted to because Sony does. Sony's not going to let Peter Parker die. Like, That's that a good on, example of having too much information. Like, I'm also not going to let Peter Parker die. That on face value invalidates it. But then my bigger problem, and this is more of a movie setup problem, I think in general most people agree that either the time stone or the reality stone is going to undo most of what we just saw. What was the point of this movie? If it's going to undo the entire movie. Like, I mean, what, if, I think if the there's... whole point is that they're going to take this puzzle, break the puzzle, and then just put it back together, what did we watch? What did we learn? What did we earn from this movie? It may not, but it may be one of those things. I mean, time travel is tricky. It may be one of those things that some things are the same, some things are different. I honestly don't know. And I guess we could talk about what we think is happening next because the next Marvel movie is Ant Man and the Wasp. And in the newest trailer, they straight up say, we're going into the quantum realm, which is like time travel. Am I correct in saying that? It allows you to jump between universes. So in theory, if you view it as, like, if you view, like, I'm getting, like, Arrival, for instance, points out that time, like, we perceive it linearly, but it's not actually linear. It's just a dimension that exists all at once. So if you can jump between dimensions, you could jump to different points in time. Technically. Yeah. So we know that's the next movie, which comes out in July, by the way, which is basically tomorrow, I feel like. Um, So we already know they're doing this quantum realm thing. So that's going to definitely play a part. Um, The end of the after credit sequence of Infinity War shows Captain Marvel's logo. So we know Captain Marvel is coming. And her movie takes place in the 90s. Exactly. So that's already back in time. I cannot wait for that. Which is next year, by the way. I heard it comes out, I think they said in the Ringers podcast, it comes out like early summer. Yeah. And no, then I Avengers think... 4. No, it comes out before Avengers Yeah, 4. I think it comes out in February. Aven- I think it's yeah, in Black Avengers Panther's comes spot. out in May. Yeah. Okay. So awesome. I think, yeah. So we have these two movies. One is already taking place in the 90s, which is back in time. And then one has to do with Quantum Realm. So we, we know they're going to tie in somehow. We and just don't seen, know how. Going back to We Know Too Much, we've seen set photos from what appears to be Avengers 1 yes. on Ant-Man set. 
So, so we're thinking that they will travel, which this would be Tom Hiddleston's technically last movie. Mm-hmm. We're thinking they'll travel back in time to the 2012 Avengers and somehow do something with that whole Thanos sending Loki. And yes. then maybe they'll change something there. But yeah. we don't know what they'll change and we don't know what it will impact. Like maybe some of the characters are gone yeah, that I'm, got turned into dust. I'm really hoping that they don't just undo the whole movie. They just like, can't. So much that would happened. be a Twilight cop-out, and I would have to scream at them. So much happened, so it needs to matter that this movie occurred. If the movie exists just to be a bridge from Civil War to, like, a bridge movie to force it, like, they set it on film spotting. If this movie only exists to be just another payment in our Marvel, Marvel mortgage, if it's not an actual milestone, then what was the point of the movie? And I think it is a milestone. I think yeah. it's too big to not be. Right. So something has to stick. I agree with Katie. You something know, time travel to... time travel always messes something up. Like something is gonna have an impact. And I've seen yeah. like some theories that like they're gonna have to reverse the soul stone, so one of the Avengers will have to give his life to save everyone else's. So I don't that... want to think about that. that. So that that could be a theory. My my biggest fear is that the movie is setting up to just do like Marvel comics are notorious. For in their event comics, they tear their universe to shreds and then just put it back together. Tear the universe to shreds, put it back together. I don't want that out of this. Like, I want this, I want all this 10-year lead-up to be the, like, this was a full arc for the whole universe. Not a, we got to this point, something bad happened, and we undid it and put ourselves back to, like, together. And the thing is, too, at, at in some capacity, that will happen. Because right. at some point... Chris Evans will no longer be Captain America. Whether or not he retires, he dies, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't think they would ever actually kill him off, ever. No. But someone may replace him either as the leader of the Avengers or someone will take up the title of Captain America. Exactly. And so eventually we will rebuild and it will be, okay, we destroyed everything. Now here's this new iteration. That is going to happen. I don't think that will happen in this case where Infinity War will not matter. Yeah, it's like, just kidding, that didn't happen. If they do that, that just invalidates everything they've been working for. But I don't think they... Like, Infinity War was so powerful, and they did so many things that I did not think a Marvel movie would do. So, I think it's going to mean something. I just think it has to. Like, maybe... I mean, we know Peter Parker isn't dead. I mean, come on. We already know that. But maybe some of the ones that got turned to dust, but I'm not saying Bucky. Just calm down. (laughs) Because he's a potential Captain America. Mm-hmm. I don't think he I is, don't want but... him to be. I want him to take a nap. Yeah. Um, he, I think he could use it, honestly. Yeah. But maybe some of the ones won't come back. We don't, I don't know. know. And, like, we know for a fact, like, the one thing that this movie was not brave enough to do was leave any doubt in the viewer's mind that things are going to get fixed. Like, the instant we saw them die, we knew it was going to get fixed. Like, I don't think anybody walked out of that theater and was like, boy, I hope they figure that one out. Because, mm-hmm. like, like, they were so blatant with Doctor Strange. Where he was like, this is the end game, and yeah. this is the only way. And he, like, we know Tony Stark plays a pivotal role in that, too, because he purposely saves Tony's life for some reason. Like, he, he said he time. wouldn't. Yeah, he literally says, I would sacrifice your life for the time stone, and then when it comes up. So Tony's going to play some role here. Also, Tony right now, by the way, is stranded on a planet. Literally has no way to get home. He's just there. He has... Does he not have anyone? Do no. they all disappear? Yeah. yeah. All so right. that sucks. Yeah. So, th- that tells <laughs> it's a good us... good thing th- he's a genius, that but tells also us that Thor save him. 
things need to resolve themselves fairly quickly because he has no food no, or but you're, water. You're right, though. They didn't even, like, they didn't even try to no, they say didn't. it didn't. I mean, Thanos literally uses the time stone to reverse what happens two seconds before he snaps. So, like, he just, like, he uses it. Yeah, they keep reminding <laughs> us that the time stone exists. So it's going to come back into play. And uh, what was an odd thing is I saw a lot of people were like, this is the Empire Strikes Back of superhero movies. No, it's not. It, the Empire Strikes Back had actual, like, hard-hitting stakes at the end of the movie, and there was a lot of doubt about what was left because we found out Luke's dad was, like, essentially space Hitler. Like, his dad that he grew up revering and loving and wanting to become someday turns out to be the worst dude in the galaxy. And it's the final shot is just him staring off into space while Leia thinks the man she's in love with is dead. And that's all they leave you with. This movie definitely was very careful. And part of this is because so much of their audience is kids is very careful to say things are bad right now, but it can't... Like, there's a plan in place. Strange already found it. Like, yeah. they even say, there's one way we win. I don't think Doctor Strange was like, well, there was one way we win, but, but we're not in it. <laughs> yeah, I actually chose the wrong one. Yeah, no, because he's, like, at the end of the day, he's so arrogant, he has to be right. Yeah. Even he, if it comes to his, his own demise, Yeah. He's, temporarily, you know. Yeah, because he's not going to let himself die and give up the time stone if there's not a purpose for it. Exactly. So. Did he disintegrate? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right before God. he disintegrates, that's when he says, this yeah. is the only way. So many people are gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, truly. So, yeah. I mean, overall, I did enjoy the movie. I just, the ending loss is where the movie lost me. Like, I rolled my eyes through the whole ending scene because I was like, this isn't real. you a bitter bitch. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's like, this isn't real, and you chose the characters that would tell us it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. if if Kappa turned to dust, like, if they reversed the roles, if they turned Cap, RDJ, and Hemsworth into dust, I'd be like oh shit, maybe they aren't coming back. Like, maybe they are setting up the new Avengers and those are the I ones that are going to save panicking. the universe. I mean, the second Black Panther was turned to dust, Katie I, was like, nah. I was done. And this not is, my man. This is mean, but even Peter, I was like, I know you're not dead. Like, I don't care. Like, I mean, I it was so an cried. emotional scene, but I, I was kind of with Jake. I was kind of rolling my eyes. Like, we know this isn't happening. Like, Which, come on. To play devil's advocate here, I knew it was coming because, like we said, I had accidentally spoiled it for myself. So that did take away a lot of the emotional punch. And it made it easier for me to go into it and be a cold-hearted dickhead. And be like, <laughs> this is stupid. So I acknowledge that. But I just think, like, they can handle it a couple of ways. If they handle it sort of similar to Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, where the time travel was in place the whole time, and we play back Infinity War and see Doctor Strange at work through the whole movie, that'd be dope as hell. That'd be kind of cool. But if the movie is literally just hitting the rewind button on a VCR and playing it back, then... It can't be. It, it can't, can't be, be because like Katie said, time travel messes with stuff. Because mm-hmm. And that's one of the struggles of the movie that people are debating. Like, is this movie the classic that it wants to be? Like, in 20 years, will people be willing to watch 19 straight movies to get this movie? Or is it just going to be the one that you don't have to watch? And I honestly don't have an answer. Yeah, like... like when I don't. In 20 years when we're looking back at classics, are people just going to watch the movies that can stand on their own, which would be like Iron Man and Winter Soldier? Like, you don't need to watch anything else to get those movies. Or are they really going to feel the need to sit through 20 movies to be like, okay, now I can watch Infinity War? I don't know. I don't really feel the need to think 20 years into the future right now. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just a general discussion that's going on. It's like, how is this Marvel Cinematic Universe going to age? Because... Like, we're living through a crazy era in film that I don't think a lot of people are acknowledging that we'll never see this again. That's just kind of harsh to already put that pressure on. It came out, like, a week ago. No, the, I'm talking the cinematic universe as a whole. Like, how's it going to age? Hopefully well. 
Hopefully well. I think that um, it is something I don't think anyone could have predicted. No. This universe concept, like cinematic universe concept. Because they started it. Marvel yeah. Marvel is the only one who has successfully done it. Like, mm-hmm. everyone else has failed for the yeah. most part. And so it's like, do we frame it as a phenomenon? I do. I think it's a phenomenon. I think it's fascinating. It, it, it's amazing to me that I can go to the movies and watch a movie from start to finish and get a story that lasts two hours and I watch it from the beginning and it has an ending and it's done. And then I go to this movie and I it's even hard for me to just think of it as a movie, like as a single movie because I'm like, but I, I didn't just get to come in at the start and, you know, end at the end. Like I had to have all of this background information yeah. and all this connection. And so it's hard to even think of it in terms of just, like, a movie experience. Like, it truly is, like, a universe. A universe. Yeah. yeah. You get yeah. little mentions of random characters in every random situation. Like, it's... It's, it's just, like a TV show. Yeah. We were talking about yeah. this, too. Jake was talking about this, too. Like, it is very much set up like a TV series. Yeah, it's like a script. Like, each episode... Each movie is an episode, and we're finishing the first season right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think it's funny. There was a bunch of panic think pieces after this movie came out. Like, I know for a fact there was one in Variety that was, like... Is this the future of superhero movies? Like, is all we're ever going to... Or not movies. Like, cinema in general. Is all we're going to get these big cinematic universe pieces where each movie doesn't really contain itself. Like, it's just a lead into the next one. I don't think that's the No, because nobody else can do it. Yeah. Like, it yeah, can't Marvel's be, the only one who yeah, can do it. DC has tried and failed. And they... <laughs> Probably they will get their feet underneath them eventually, but it'll be the last cinematic universe because everyone's going to be sick of it by that point. Mm -hmm. Like, there's already people critiquing this movie for not being enough of a resolution, for just being another, like... By the way, don't forget to see Avengers 4 next year. Like, there's a lot of people that aren't happy with that. I don't share that sentiment, but I get the people that do. DC might pull it off, but, like, everything else has failed abysmally. Like, the Dark Universe? (laughs) Like, that got one movie in. (laughs) That's going to sound terrible. Let's not talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, this Godzilla <laughs> cinematic universe is going to fail. They're calling it the M. Night Shyamalan cinematic universe. It's just two, it's two movies setting up one movie. So I don't think you can really count that one. Like, no, I mean, nothing will ever reach the scale or the success that Marvel has. Like, nothing will ever, I no. don't think. I mean, there's just, like, they took the risk they needed to take, and at this point they have so much audience buy-in. Like, the fact that they made a Doctor Strange movie and I went to go see it, are you fucking kidding me? Like... I still can't believe I saw it. Yeah. And it's like, they have my buy-in. Like, they have everyone's. And so, I don't think anyone will be able to do it like they can or as well as they have. And so, I truly think this is a phenomenon, which I think is really... It's cool that we've kind of gone through this entire journey. Yeah. You know, the fact that it's been 10 years. Like, are you kidding me? I will say this. I'm curious to see when this saga of the Avengers is over and... I think most people in general assume that we'll have a new, like, Avengers team take the take over after this is all said and done. Do they need to lead up to any more event movies, or can we just get some self-contained trilogies and stuff? Like, I mean, they're going to make event movies. I know happen. they are, but do, do I want them, or would I rather just see, like, three really good Captain Marvel movies? I mean, I think it'll be both, but I think after Infinity War and Avengers 4, like, they're going to take a breather. Yeah, that's I just, a lot. I meant, are they just gonna, are they gonna be like, all right, here's our second phase, let's lead into, like, Secret Wars, or Secret Empire, or something, like, one of their other legend, or House of M, even, like, one of their other legendary storylines, are they gonna be like, 
let's take a few years and just establish these new characters before we decide what we're doing next. Because I think that would be good for the superhero fatigue. Establishing new characters just sounds like solo films that tie into each other, though. Which is what they've been doing already. Okay, maybe I could have worded it differently. Like, like just, like, let characters be their own characters. Like, don't make the audience feel like you have to keep up with 20 movies again. I don't know. I feel like at that point, they'll just be like, I mean, we're all conditioned to be like, this is normal. That's true. If you think about it, like, the fact that we sat through this movie and, like, I mean, it, yeah, it was, I enjoyed it and it was good, but the fact that we sat through and were like, watching 30 characters in a movie (laughs) is completely normal. Like, no, it's not. Yeah. We watched two hours and 35 minutes of characters try and fail to accomplish something only to die at the end. Like, <laughs> but it's all kind of like that. I mean, yeah, but it's like, who else has that? Mm-hmm. No yeah. other studio has that. So, I don't know. Um, it will be very interesting to see where it goes from here. And I'm, I'm, I like, I liked Ant Man. It wasn't like my most favorite in the world, but also I thought it was kind of fun. Um, I'm actually super happy we get it so soon because mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to know what's more. happening yeah. next. Yeah, it's definitely a cliffhanger that I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for more. I agree. All right. Um, I think that sums up our discussion. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, I think Avengers is a worthwhile see as long as you've kept up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you've hit them here and there, you might be a little bit lost. Um, If you haven't spoiled it for yourself, don't spoil it for yourself because I think the movie will feel much more earned and complete if you're not expecting the ending. If you're expecting the ending, I don't know. But overall, a worthwhile watch. Yeah, that's basically me too. Um, I agree with all of that. I wanted to add, I don't know if it's gonna, if it's already in here or not, because we've had technical difficulties, but Wanda is a very, very powerful woman. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just wanted to add that. She's very powerful. She held Thanos off by herself, and so did, well, Mantis had help, but women are powerful in the Marvel Universe. Um, yeah, go see this movie. It hurt me a lot. (laughs) Uh, also adding on, feel free to check out extendedcutpodcast.com slash bracket. The final four, which we previewed earlier in this episode, is live and ready for you to vote. And I'm not sipping some tea, but I am saying three of the final four are DC properties. So suck it, Marvel. You may have gotten Infinity War first, but we own the bracket. Jake's feeling pretty good right now. I am feeling pretty good about yeah. it. So definitely go vote for your favorites. Um, we will keep it live until next weekend um i don't really have a date yet it's just kind of whenever we decide just check us out on twitter at Pod, and you will find out when the polls close bye, bye. You're super smart. You're, I mean. (laughs) Okay. Can I go? Yeah, you go. No, do you want to go? No, you go. Testing, 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 testing. Testing, 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 testing.